It's really appropriate that we're learning this Mimer today specifically because today is the birthday and the yard set of Mesher Abenu, 7th of Adar. Oops. And, uh, and uh, happy birthday. No, no. Mesher Abenu is being Melendez. Uh-huh, no, no. I don't have any money on me, but I thought 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 I as we want to learn in the next ois uh, in this mimer, um, something which I which I learned this past uh, a few days ago, I shared, I shared on Sunday, is that the the I wasn't explained here the, the connection between these two things. Deb just says that Meishvin is both a faithful shepherd, takes care of us, and he's a shepherd of faith. I doesn't see how they're connected, but um, faithful shepherd, shepherd of faith. means he's dedicated to you. Faith means he, he nourishes, he gives you the faith, he gives you amun. That's what he's a shepherd of. So, Rabbi Al Khan uh, has a uh, weekly um, thought of a thought for the parsha, thought chassidic thought for the parsha, and um, I don't know where he's quoting from, but he says something very powerful. He said that when a Jew sees how dedicated Moshe Rabbeinu is to him, that um, that releases, that reveals. The um, the innermost part of the Jew. In other words, when a Jew sees the dedication of Meishem to, to the Jew, and that's because of the essence of the Jew. So that dedication itself makes a Jew somehow realize his inner goodness. And that reveals his inner goodness. So it sounds like to me that the, the one of the ways that Meishem nourishes our faith is just by his dedication to us. That just when you see how dedicated Meishem is to helping Jewish people. Makes you realize who you are. That reveals in yourself who you are. Um, you reveal to yourself who you are because you want to dedicate yourself back to him. Not sorry to Moshe Rabbeinu. It, it makes you realize your worth, your value. It makes you realize your own your own preciousness, and therefore, specifically, it says it's about the Chayta Egel. The Chayta Egel. It says that Moshe Rabbeinu said, "I'm going to give my life rather." Amaze me from your book, rather, if you don't forget the Jewish people. Right. So, in Moshe Rabbeinu's devotion to us, and saying, I'm going to give him a connection to Torah in order to save the Jewish people, in that, Mr. Snafesh, and his devotion, by saying that and doing that, that came from the essence of Moshe Rabbeinu and his dedication to us, and that revealed in us our dedication to Hashem, and therefore, we were forgiven for the sin of the golden calf. We were forgiven for the sin of the golden calf because... How, because our, our essence was revealed through Meshman's dedication to us. His mysterious nefesh to us revealed our neshama. You, you, you heard what Rabbi Salvechik said yesterday? In here? Rabbi. Uh, you should know that by now. Whenever you ask me those kind of questions, I always oh, say. So you did hear it. Okay. Uh, he heard from Rabbi, uh, he was a student in NYU at the time, and he heard that when Rabbi uh, J.B. Soloveitchik visited the Rebbe's Fabrengen, 
So he, um, he has two students who would accompany him. Uh, in general, he would stay in the dormitory, very interesting, of, of YU, when he would visit from Boston every week from Tuesday to Thursday. He would stay in the dormitory and only hang out with his students. So when he came to Abbas Febrenian, uh, two students, and you only would be driven around by students. So we left Abbas Febrenian and he came to the Abbas, uh, I think it was the 40th anniversary of the Abbas leadership. So his students asked him, what did you see? What did you hear? What, what, what's your take? You know, you knew the Rebbe for many years since, since college. So he said, I just got the answer to my question. Something I always was wondering about. Wondering about. What, what, what was he always wondering about? He's always wondering about, it says that when Moshe Rabbeinu came down the mountain with, with the second tablets, everyone couldn't look at him because his face was shining. So his question was, how come, how come they couldn't handle uh, the second tablet, but, but the first tablets they could? His face was shining, shining only after the second tablets. So the various explanations given. But he said like this, he said, before Moshe Rabbeinu got the first tablets, when Moshe Rabbeinu got the first tablets, he was a teacher, teacher of the Jewish people. But when he gave his, so told Hashem, erase me from your book if you're not going to forgive them, he moved from being a Rav, from being a teacher, from being a Rebbe, to being the Rebbe of the Jewish people. A different kind of connection. That, that's what a Rebbe is. He gives his, his, his connection, everything away to help the Jewish people. And that's why his face suddenly was shining with a different kind of light. So he said, when I, see, when I sit by the Febrengen, and, uh, oh, Shalom Aleichem, sit by the Febrengen, and I see the impact that the Rebbe has all these Jews all around the world, and they're, and they're, and they're feeling that they want to do tshuva, and they want to, and they're, they're, the slav was the excitement. So, um, so I, I see something different, something new. The Rebbe's scholarship, he knew about the Rebbe's scholarship before. What, what he saw at the Febrengen was something else. He saw the idea of, of the shine of Moshe Rabbeinu, the, the light of Moshe Rabbeinu, the, 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 uh, that, that comes directly from, from, from a Rebbe. Okay, um, let's, let's, let's continue on in Eis Gimel. So that's, that's what Rabbi Yelga was saying, I don't know where he's going from, that the, the reason Jewish people were forgiven was because, precisely because of Moshe Rabbeinu's dedication to them, that made them feel their connection to Hashem, and that aroused their, their, their teshuva. Um, It revealed this connection to them. It's okay, thank you. Yes, very, very important word. Thank you. Nathan, I'm sending you a PDF of the of the mimer. You can follow on the PDF of the. the uh, I can't. I can't read. Why not? Can't you read? I'll, I'll read. Or you'll you'll you have to follow along. You'll see. How I'm reading now. He's going page kuflamid. To explain this idea of how the Jewish people, by them, uh, by Moshe Rabbeinu helping the Jewish people, they're bringing more light to Moshe Rabbeinu. Send it to me. I have it, I have it. You know? Yeah, let me just, sorry. I, 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 that, was, that was about Moshe Rabbeinu. I didn't give a recap of where we're up to in the mind. We asked four questions. Question number one is, we asked, how come it says you should command the Jewish people? Hashem commands the Jewish people. Question number two is, we asked, why does it say, that they should bring the oil to Mesha. The one who's supposed to bring light them in there is iron. Question number three is, why does it say the oil, they should crush the olives so the olives should be a source of light? Just say, crush the olives to illuminate. And question number four, how long exactly is the menorah supposed to be burning? In this verse it says, the menorah is supposed to be burning all the time. And the verse before it says, it's supposed to be burning from the evening till morning. Which one is it? So we start to answer by saying like this. The word, connect, the word commandment is related to the word connection. And when it says in the Torah that Moshe should command the Jewish people, what it means is, is Moshe should connect the Jewish people. They connect the Jewish people with Hashem. 
And by him connecting them to Hashem, the Torah says, they bring oil to Moshe. What does it mean they bring oil to Moshe? They bring new light to Moshe Rabbeinu. Moshe Rabbeinu has already light of Hashem, of course. When Moshe was born, the Torah says, that his house is full of light, which doesn't just mean his house, it means all over the world. But something, was, something is added to Moshe by him connecting us to Hashem. That's why the Torah says they should bring oil to Moshe, even though iron let them in there, because by him connecting us to Hashem, that adds light to him. So this didn't, doesn't answer the other questions we had, but we have to first explain what this means. How, how does Moshe connect us to Hashem, and how does that add light to Moshe? To explain this, the Maimur prefaces and says, The Moshe was called a faithful shepherd, which has a shape of which there are two explanations of the word faithful shepherd. One is, one is that he is a faithful shepherd, the Jewish people, and the second is, and the second is that he nourishes the Jewish people with faith. You know what faithful means? Faithful means, we say, means Hashem is faithful to us. How is he faithful to us? He's faithful to us because we owe a lot to Hashem. And Halacha says, if you owe someone money, let's say I owe you, Nathan, I owe you $1,000. And then... I, and then I lent you my car. So, so high, 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 high finance says, hold on to the car until you get paid. That's what high finance says. The Torah says no. The Torah says two separate transactions. Just because I owe you money doesn't mean you can hold on to the car. Two different things. So, uh, so the same is regarding how Hashem takes care of us. Every morning we say, Rabba Munasecha, grace your faithfulness to us, even though we go to sleep at night and we make an account of the day, we realize that we're not... We're not showing up to what we owe. Uh, we don't. We, we have a debt we haven't paid. Hashem lends us the neshama. We're not. We're not. We're not. Uh, we're not using it what it's for. So yet, nevertheless, when we give it, when we deposit our neshama with Hashem, despite all the things we owe in teremitzus, Hashem doesn't hold on to the neshama. He gives it back to the neshama. That's the meaning of faith. So in a similar way, this Meishar Rabbeinu, He's faithful to us, even if we though we owe. So a faithful friend doesn't care if you owe, you don't owe, he's still there with you, even, even, even the different levels of friends. But a real, if someone's a really faithful friend, even if you're, um, even if you're slacking, he's still there for you. There's a Jew uh, uh, told me that yeah, he, he had to, um, he asked him for advice because of his financial situation, and uh, you know what to do, he's a lawyer. And he asked him for advice, and never told him he should speak to three, three of his friends. The last thing he wanted to do was to speak to his friends because he had, to, he had to appear in front of a grand jury. And for a lawyer, that's like the highest level of pressure that there is. And so, and he had several cases where he's appearing in front of a grand jury. And so to now go to go bear himself and tell his friends of his, about his financial situation, he didn't want to do it. So he didn't listen. They never told him advice. He didn't listen to his advice. The point that I want to say is, is that... Uh, Nevertheless, uh, despite that he didn't listen to his advice, somehow uh, a pipeline of Parnassah suddenly opened after he asked when he traveled there after bracha, and somehow, uh, without without him doing anything, the bracha still arrives. I'm not saying that that's good. That's that's a wise thing to do. I'm just saying is that that's even being faithful. Faithful. that the Moshevin is a faithful shepherd of the Jewish people. That means that it doesn't matter if they if they show up or they don't show up. He's faithful to them, whether they owe or don't. The second meaning of Raya Mehemna means that he, he, is, he is a shepherd of faith. What he gives them, what he nourishes them with specifically, what he takes care of them with, is he gives them emuna. Different shepherds. The shepherds of grass, right? That's, that's the shepherd of sheep. 
Meishman, what does he shepherd of? What does he, he nourish us with? He shepherds, he shepherds us, he nourishes us with faith. One second, don't we have faith already? Why don't the Meishman? So it explains, third line of Ais Gimel. The fact that the Jewish people believe in God, that's something we have intrinsically. We're born with this. We are believers, children of believers. However, that faith can be trans, can be something that's on the per- periphery of our consciousness, something that hovers over us, something which is not internalized, something which is not that, that doesn't touch us, something which isn't real to us. Maybe we believe in it, but it's something which is in the back of your mind, something that's in your consciousness somewhere, hovering away. And when Moshe Rabbeinu nourishes the Jew with faith, what that means is, is he takes the Jew's faith that he has already, he gives him something of his own, and he helps him that, that he helps the Jew that his faith in Hashem should be real, should be something that it's, that's inside of him. That he doesn't just say he believes and he would vote that way and he would, but but that's how he actually thinks. Like the, like the Zohar says that uh, a, a thief before going to steal, he asks God, "Please help me steal." Why? Because his faith in God is something which is not not real, something which is just something external, something that hovers over his consciousness, something that's not inside of him. And the, the idea of the, 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 the gift of Meshach Rabbeinu to the Jewish people is that our moon should be real. There's a passage we say every day in Davening. Vayivorech dovres Hashem. Dovre blessed Hashem. I don't know where this comes from. I'm sure an easy search on Google could tell you. Vayivorech dovres Hashem is an acronym for the words Vadai. Vadai means certain. So it's possible that a Jew could serve Hashem his whole life because he gives Hashem the benefit of the doubt. You know, I don't know. He knows. So, okay, I'll, I'll, I'll trust him. I'll, I'll put on tefillin, I'll keep Shabbos, I'll keep Pesach, and I'll do all these things because, just in case. It's possible to live your whole life like that. Uh, like the story I shared last week about the lady, right before she passed away, she asked for a cross, just in case the other way. That's <laughs> crazy. Anyways, very frum, but not real. However, David HaMelech, and not just David HaMelech, but the seed of David and Mashiach, the, the, the power of David HaMelech is that his faith in Hashem was absolute, that was certain. And this is something that is not just by David HaMelech, but it's something that is in the leader of the Jewish people of every, every generation. He helps that it should be vaded. And not just you should think about it, not that it's just something that you have as faith, that you believe, but something you should know. You know this. This is real. It's for sure. That's the meaning of Pneumius. Pneumius means that it's, that it's that's inside you. This, that, that, this, this is part of you. It's part of you. Not just that it's... It's, it's something that hovers over you. It's part of you. It's vaday. And that is the meaning of the words of the Zohar. The faith will be nourished and fed from Hashem through you. The emunah delayla, the high level of faith that every Jew possesses, that faith will be nourished, will be fed to us through Mesha. When it says that Meisha feeds us emunah, what that means is he make, makes our faith become, to become part of us. So this is all a quote from the Maimer, the previous Rebbe. The previous Rebbe can then continues and says, When we say that Meisha is a faithful shepherd, and a shepherd of faith, that's not only regarding Meisha Rabbeinu himself specifically. In that generation, 
but the Rosh Alfi Yisrael Shachal Deir Heim Mechaskin Zemuni Yisrael Shachal Rather, this also refers to the leaders of the Jewish people in every, gen- in every generation, that they strengthen the faith of all the Jewish people in the generation. How do they strengthen it? So that their faith should become, should become part of them. For example, Mordechai Tzadik, who was the Moshe in his generation. As the Gemara says, that Mordechai in his generation was like Mesha in his generation. So how did Mordechai strengthen the faith of the Jewish people? We know, it says in Megillah, despite the fact that keeping the Torah in the time of Mordechai was impossible. And you had to have give your life to do it. Nevertheless, what did, he, what did Mordechai do? He killed Kilos Barab and Lachazg and Lassam Shayisrael, Bahavaya, Ulam made Chazak, Bekimat Limiteki Mitzvis. Nevertheless, he gathered people in public to strengthen their faith in God and to stand strong in studying Torah and doing mitzvahs. After the previous Rebbe talks about how in every generation, the Moshe of that generation strengthens the faith of Jewish people, after he does this, then the previous Rebbe goes on and answers the, one of the questions we asked yesterday, the third question. Why does it say that the olive should be crushed to be a source of light? Why doesn't it say the olive should be crushed to give off light? So he, the previous Rebbe explains that during the time of the exile, when every single Jew is broken and crushed, you think it's only you, right? Everyone thinks it's only them. Every single Jew is broken and crushed. Everyone thinks that everyone else is just wrong. As we, as a hunky dory. It's during the time of Gullus, when every single Jew is broken and crushed. Through this, we are able to reach the essence, the source of the light. That's the meaning of Kasas Lamor. It's not just referring to the olives that are used to produce the oil of the Meneira, but this is referring to the Jewish people in the time of the exile, that specifically by us being in exile, we are able to reach to the Moir, to the essence of the light, the source of the light. Not just to receive life from Hashem, but it's by being crushed in Golas, we're able to reach this higher light. What is the relevance of Moshe Rabbeinu feeding us faith, making our faith real, to the idea of being crushed in the exile? What is the relevance between these two concepts? One concept is that Jewish people are crushed in the time of the exile, and therefore their inner um, light, their, the source of light is revealed. The other concept is that Moshe feeds us faith. And there, the, the, for the pra- fact that the previous era puts these two concepts together, it sounds like there's a connection. That A, Moshe feeding us faith, and B, that when we're crushed in the exile, we're able to uncover something deeper, that these two concepts have relevance. We need to understand what's the relevance between these two, these two things. Let's go on to Ayis Dalit. I think I'll just read this uh, outside. I think no one's looking inside, anyways. The previous Rebbe, when he he um, in this discourse, he brings in the um, verse of this week's Torah portion. You should command the Jewish people, they should bring the olive oil. 
he brings this verse in the middle of the discourse. But the beginning of the discourse is about the story of Purim. It says, at the time of the story of Purim, all the Jewish people accepted what they started to do. That means is, we started to accept the Torah at Mount Sinai on the 6th of Sivan, and we accepted what we started then at the time of the story of Purim. Why? Because it says that um, when God gave us the Torah, so um, the acceptance wasn't as uh, wasn't wasn't a full acceptance. When did we fully accept the Torah? Only when, in the story of Purim. So although we said Nasev and we will do before we understand when we're standing at the foot of Mount Sinai, that wasn't yet a full acceptance of the Torah. When did we fully accept the Torah? In time of Achashverosh. That's why the Talmud says Kimu v'Kibla Yehudim. Jewish people fulfill and they accept it. They fulfilled what they accepted before. Officially, they accepted it before. When did they really fulfill it? That, that, that acceptance was, was, was real only in, in time of Achashverosh. So the previous Sheba asks, this is a wondrous thing. At the time the Torah was given, the Jewish people were at the highest level. They experienced the greatest revelation of God. First of all, before the giving of the Torah, they experienced great revelations also. When they left Egypt, especially when, the, when they saw the splitting of the Red Sea, there was a tremendous revelation. But compared to that revelation, the revelation at, the, at Sinai was even greater. Greater than the splitting of the Red Sea. People always think about the splitting of the Red Sea. It's the greatest revelation. Sinai was a much greater revelation. But at the time of Achashverosh, the Jewish people were in the opposite kind of scenario. They were in a very low state. Every exile has components of concealment of godliness in, in, in exile. During exile, there's Helam Behester. Hashem hides himself, Hashem conceals himself, um, and there's confusion. The first, every exile is similar to the first exile. The first exile is the exile of Egypt, and in that ex- exile, what does the Torah say? Moshe Benu comes to Jewish people, he says to everybody, guys, I have news, great news, we're going to leave Egypt. What, is that? what does the Torah say? They could not listen to Moshe. Why? Because of their shortness of breath, because of the hard work, they could not hear Moshe Benu speaking to them. It didn't make any sense to them. They couldn't even hear him. It's interesting the way the Rebbe phrases it. They couldn't, the way the Torah phrases it. They couldn't hear him. It wasn't just they didn't believe him. They didn't enter them because they were, they were in a zone of darkness. And his words just sounded so foreign. So to every exile, it contains in it concealment of godliness and challenges in keeping Torah mitzvahs. That's true for every exile. Then there is exile uh, 2.0 or worse. Uh, exile of the time of the story of Purim. During the time of the decree of Haman, it was a much greater, greater concealment of godliness. And despite the fact that there was a greater concealment of godliness, what does the Torah say? When did they really accept the Torah? When the Jewish people were at the lowest possible, in the highest possible state. In time of the giving of the Torah, that was just the beginning. When did they really accept the Torah? When Haman gave this decree to destroy, annihilate all the Jewish people, and they were under the, the, the uh, fear of this decree, that's when they accepted the Torah. 
how does that make sense? Is that the question? You got the question or no? They all accepted the Torah when Haman gave the decree. Before Haman, Haman gives the decree, they didn't accept the Torah. The question is, when there's great revelation of Hashem, you'd expect that to be the time of, of, of deep acceptance. It says, no, that wasn't, really accept, it wasn't a real acceptance. When did we fully accept the Torah? When Haman says, kill all the Jewish people, then we really accepted the Torah. So, 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 what does that mean? Let's, let's, let's unpack what you're saying, put on the spot. It's true what you're saying. Well, let's, let's unpack that. When the Haman gave the decree, in order to do a mitzvah, in order to learn Torah, do anything, you have to be, you, you have to give your, of, of your very core to do it. Because, this, besides the fact that the Jewish people um, had sacrificed not to stop being Jewish, because, um, Haman said to destroy all the Jewish people, right? So as long as, if you decide not to be Jewish, you wouldn't be killed. So, so just being Jewish involves sacrifice. And during the, they, were, they were under the, uh, the uh, fear of this decree for a full year. And yet, it never entered the mind of any Jew at that time for a whole year to give up their Judaism, to give up their Jewishness. So besides the fact that sacrifice to be Jewish... They also had a sacrifice to do Torah, to learn Torah, to do mitzvahs. Not only they had a sacrifice to learn Torah, but they gathered in public, defying the decree of Haman. That is a real act and feeling of sacrifice. And the one who inspired all of that was Mordechai, the Moshe of that generation. And that's the reason why the Torah says they accepted what they started to do, because when they got the Torah, that was just the beginning. But when did they really accept it? at the time of Haman. Why? Because when Haman gave that decree, they actually had sacrificed for it. That showed that it was really from within them, that they really wanted it, and they gave their lives for it. Uh, and that's much higher than the giving of the Torah. It's, and they, they reached a higher level. And that's why the Torah says that's when they accepted the Torah. Do you follow everyone's then? Do you follow? Okay, good. So, in short, we said is that the Moshe of every generation strengthens the faith of Jewish people, and this is something that we see that Mordechai did, and it's precisely in his time that the Jewish people fully accepted the Torah in a way that wasn't done before. At that time, their acceptance, why, what was unique? It was acceptance with Messir Snafesh, with sacrifice. And precisely because it was so hard, they needed the sacrifice to keep the Torah, and that's how they reached Ayala. L'chaim, l'chaim, Great day, David. Great day, Blake. So this is basically the dwarf.